I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. episode of Avocado and Honey is brought to you by New Nubians. New Nubians is a natural skincare and wellness brand using recipes from our mothers and grandmothers to nourish your body, mind, and spirit. When you use code AH40, you'll get 40% off any product over at newnubians.club. And from the looks of things, those Yoni soap bars are a hit. Now let's start the show. Hey y'all, it's your girl Samanji and welcome to another episode of Avocado and Honey. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our previous upload. I went ahead and shared with you my three favorite lock styles. These lock styles are good for short locks, medium locks, long locks, all the locks. So be sure to check out the video. It's on our IGTV, so Avocado and Honey's IGTV as well as our YouTube channel. So please make sure you are subscribed and also like, share, tell a friend and spread the word on avocado and honey. Now, today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about motherhood. Um, I went ahead and spoke with four different women, four different mothers and got their experience with pregnancy and just motherhood in general. So, um, yeah, here we go. Hey, Tiffany, how are you? Good. How are you? (laughs) I'm really good. Um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you some of the same questions I've been asking other mothers. Um, But before we begin, if you can share like how old you are, how many children and like if this is your first child and things like that. Okay, um, so I'm excited to be here. Um, So I'm 33. This is my first child, baby girl, um, Layla Jasmine. Uh, She is going to be two weeks and tomorrow. (laughs) So it's a brand new experience for me. Right. Well, happy two weeks uh, to Layla. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. That's so beautiful. So um, the first question I have is what did your mother or parents teach you about uh, parenting or being a mother? Um, I think mostly uh, my parents taught me just by the example that they led. Uh, Both of my parents were very present. I was like a daddy's little girl when I was uh, growing up because my dad worked nights. Um, But both parents throughout my life have always been very loving and supportive. So that example has taught me so much about just being there and showing love and being supportive to a child, how, how much that means. But I think explicitly probably my mother... Um, has taught me, you know, along the pregnancy journey and the more we talk about me becoming a mom, um, it's just about the strength that it takes, Mm -hmm. you know, becoming a mom, um, especially uh, being a black mom and just relying on your own inner strength, but also asking for help if you need it and knowing that it's not always going to be a matter of staying strong, but also being strong enough to ask for help if that's something that you need. Um, Because it is one of the hardest jobs, as I'm finding out, um, being a mom. So, yeah, I think the the concept of strength and what that means has been something that we've talked about a lot. Mm, Thank you for that. (laughs) Oprah noted as well. (laughs) So what was the highlight of your pregnancy and what was... um, the worst that we, what you considered the worst part of your pregnancy. I think the highlight of my pregnancy was just 
knowing that you're growing a life inside of you and like mm-hmm. that bond that you start to form with this being that you haven't even met yet. Um, right. Those little moments of like feeling the first kick and, you know, going to the ultrasound and seeing them and all the hope that you have and all the connection you have to this little thing that you're growing mm-hmm. inside your body. And that crazy. video um, you made of, like, you know, I think you recorded, like, your belly each, was it each week? Yeah. That yeah. was really cool to see, because it was just, like, like you're really growing a whole life inside of you. Like, pregnancy, just, like, just motherhood and everything just amazes me, <laughs> like, just so it much. So that trippy. was trippy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so trippy. It's so, so strange, um, but miraculous at the same time. So that was cool, just seeing, like, the miracle of it all and, and experiencing that was probably, like, the highlight. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still hard for me to wrap my brain around. Mm-hmm. Um and then probably the most difficult was, you know, all the symptoms that come along with being pregnant. I think I always thought I was going to be one of those pregnant women that loved being pregnant, mm-hmm. and I did not <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I had really bad nausea in the, at the beginning, and then I, you know, my second trimester, which is supposed to be easier, wasn't that much easier. Um I was really uncomfortable at the end. There's just a lot of symptoms and things people don't tell you about. So, like, just the physical toll that it takes on on your body was probably not the most exciting part of it all. Right. Understandable. Um, what was the, the experience like when you, when you gave birth, when you brought Layla into the world? That was such a beautiful experience. It was it's something that transformed me. I was really, I had high intentions to have a natural birth and I was able to do that, especially in a hospital setting where they kind of not pressure you, but it's highly inferred that you'll probably get an epidural. And right. I kind of knew that's not the route I want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to prepare for that and find ways to do um, a natural childbirth in a hospital setting was really, really uh, amazing experience. I had her on all fours, so I wasn't laying on my back. I used affirmations. I used essential oils. I used um, hypnobirthing. So the whole experience was something I had prepared for, but mm-hmm. also putting it into action and then going through the pain and allowing, like, surrendering to the pain. And it was uh, definitely a transformational experience just mm-hmm. getting through it. That's really cool how you kind of like made the hospital your home in a sense. Like, you know, you made Mm -hmm. it like comfortable for you to prepare for that. That's really dope. I haven't heard of anyone like giving birth on their fours and all that. Like, and then with you out, like without you or with you not wanting to take the epidural and all of that is like you're going against the grain of all the hospital rules. So that's a shout out to you. (laughs) Yeah. I think it takes a lot of intention and preparation, especially like talking to your doctor and Mm -hmm. telling them that's what you want to do. Um, but it was necessary for me to get what I wanted. So, yeah, we, we transformed the whole room. The nurse right. was like, oh, it's so calming in here. Had, like, <laughs> that throat chakra. Sounds. Yeah. That throat chakra is so, open and clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good experience for sure. So, um, okay, about the, like, epidural and things like that. Because I did speak to, like, you know, just in regular conversations with other mothers throughout my, like, mm-hmm. adult life. Um, I hear that, you know, they say that they don't do the epidural, but then during the birth, they always like, you know, kind of change their mind. Was that the case Mm -hmm. for you? Um, I didn't change. First of all, I talked to my husband to not let like they say, if you really don't want epidural, you need to make that decision beforehand and not like during um, the birth Mm -hmm. because, you know, the natural 
uh, tendency for human beings is to want to escape pain when you're in it. So I kind of told my husband, no matter what I say, don't let me <laughs> get that. So okay. I think I got around eight centimeters and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. First of all, it was too late anyway for then for me, to, I think, to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, but my husband kind of reminded me of my intention and, you know, how I want to do this naturally and help me push through. So it's good to have, like, a partner there that can remind you of what you really want because the pain, once you get, like, past seven centimeters, the pain is, like, intense, especially depending on how far apart your contractions are. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting much of a break in between at the end. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I I didn't do it alone. <laughs> My husband definitely helped me a lot. That's beautiful. Sure. Shout out to support. I'd love to see it. Yes. <laughs> so did you have any um, expectations or predictions about motherhood? And um, if you did, what was the reality of it? Um, I think I expected to just because I'm a type A personality and mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of things that I want to get done and a lot of passion endeavors that I expected to kind of just jump back into like all of that stuff even though I kind of planned to take a break mm-hmm. um but it's not the case, the case at all because it's really just getting used to being a mom and then the transition and the feedings it's it's all cons- for me it's been all consuming and I haven't really been able to do anything really else besides just get attuned to her and like get to know her and get used to this new routine mm-hmm. um it's definitely something I didn't expect I don't know why I thought that I could just like oh in between feedings I'm just gonna still conquer the world it's like uh no it's like it's very it's way more difficult mm-hmm. <laughs> than I ever imagined it would be like I look at moms now and I'm like I, I I just had no idea right <laughs> it's really really hard that's another thing that I hear uh pretty um, often when it comes to like new mothers, um, the fact that you literally lose all your me time in a sense. And it's like you have to like literally have to figure out how to like sneak in a nap type situation. So um, yes. like do you, you, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so are you working on like a like I guess what's the process like to figure out a balance when it comes to like, you know, taking care of your family and then also taking care of yourself? Um, I think for me, it's been asking for help. Um, my husband is going to go back to work. Did he get like a parental leave? Yeah, he got off for two weeks. That's cool. I'll be like, that's a thing. So he goes back on Monday, which is going to be hard for me because it's, he helps me so much during the day. So, and I don't have family in town Mm -hmm. and just with the hormones and all the emotional stuff, I just need some time to get some sleep just to get my sanity back mm-hmm. so we um are going to get someone to come and help me like a couple hours a day um just so I can take a nap and if I need to like just get outside by myself for right. a couple minutes um it's just a lot to be especially when you're breastfeeding it's like constant attachment like your right. little person has so well that was uh, uh my next question actually uh, breastfeeding or formula so you're breastfeeding so is it only like the breast to or like nipple to mouth type breastfeeding or do you do like the pumping? Like what's the process like when it comes to breastfeeding? And your experience um, so for it? now I'm exclusively breastfeeding. I think I will be giving her a bottle eventually, but I just want to get um, the doctor want her to get used to breastfeeding before we do any other type of like nipple introduction. Oh, so okay. for now it's just all 24 seven, just me. And then I, uh, I have been, 
starting to pump so we're down the road because mm-hmm. um, I think it's just really hard to do all by yourself but I right. know women do do that but I don't I don't think it'll be my my route per se I think a couple feedings my husband's gonna help me with a bottle mm-hmm. um, so we just chose breastfeeding because uh, of all the health benefits and you know it's free <laughs> so that's also helpful <laughs> and it's good for baby Mm-hmm. And it's a good bonding experience. It, it's taken us a while. Like the first week, it was a little difficult because it was like so painful. But now my breasts have gotten used to it, I guess. And mm-hmm. she's a really good latcher. So I feel like going- that's one thing we kind of don't talk about enough. Or maybe it's just me. But like when it came to breastfeeding, I literally had like a whole completely different image of it. Like within like after speaking with mothers and everyone always talk about how painful it is in the beginning and stuff. And I was just like, what? Like mind blown. Cause I was just like, but how Me can too. it? Me too. You think it's just like pop on and bam. Right. Like, there we go. But it's definitely painful. Like I have friends that are mothers too. And we like text during the night when we're doing night feedings. And mm-hmm. um, I was talking about that, like how surprised I was, how painful it was. And my friend said it hurt her for like months. And yeah, a lot of people, um, go through that experience I went actually to a breastfeeding support group and just listened to other moms and Mm. it's 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 a thing for sure and um one last question on breastfeeding so do you have to upkeep like a certain diet to maintain like healthy milk I guess for um for your baby yeah so you kind of similar to pregnancy you can't drink um and like uh, a lot of some babies have like milk allergies, so you got to be careful with like dairy and things like that, or fruits that might give them gas. Mm-hmm. You can do more things like you can eat sushi and like you know, red meat that's uh, not like well done that you can't do when you're pregnant, okay. but like, you can't drink and you know, you can't do other <laughs> things that you might engage in when you're uh, you're not pregnant or breastfeeding, so it is still you know. A sacrifice mm-hmm. <laughs> to do breastfeeding because you still don't have your body completely back to your own like I'm more getting a picture of like that first year you're you're not pregnant but you're still kind of incubating this little being right that can't really survive without you so you're kind of have your body back but not really mm. yeah okay <laughs> noted <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm coming to realize <laughs> okay so um you know being a black mother um, do you feel that you need to prepare your child in any way, like for the world, like when it comes to race issues? Uh, I definitely think that's important and something we'll be doing for sure. Especially, she's a my husband is white, he's French, so being a mixed race um, woman and girl in this day and age, there's so many things that come along with like identity and belonging, right. and also dealing with things like oppression and racism and all those. Um, intersectionalities that come along with being a woman Mm -hmm. of color um so that'll be something that i i definitely will prioritize when it comes to bringing her up and not only awareness of these types of issues but ways of coping and healing with the Mm. the the traumas that may come along with them and just kind of building her her identity in a way that she's proud of who she is and that she feels like she belongs Mm -hmm. um no matter where we live, because we might be moving to, to Colorado soon. If we stay in L.A., they're both places that are, um, you know, not as um, 
there's not as many black people I'll just right. go ahead and say <laughs> as, as there might be if she were like where I grew up in Texas so just that feeling of like belonging is really important mm-hmm. um, to cultivate to her and making sure she knows that uh, she's she's proud of who she is on both sides right that's beautiful and I feel like this is a really tough question but like what age do you feel like it's like like, like, which age do you think is, like, um you feel like is the right age to have that conversation or kind of start, like, dropping little hints and things, I guess, here and there? I think as early as they can start to digest it and also probably educating people around them as well that are in contact with them, like, right. you know, just as soon as possible, um, you know, being a, a mixed race child, people have commented on oh, you're going to have, like, a, a pretty baby because she's mixed. I'm oh, like, you know, right. regardless of any of that, she's going to be beautiful just because she's a child of God. And kind of just setting the tone in her environment so she's raised in and around people that are aware of these types of issues, like mm. colors and all those kinds of things. But also her when she can, you know, talk and just being in child-friendly ways, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I appreciate that answer. Uh, so, so now it's something real to consider. Right. Right. It's, it's real. Mm-hmm. So now that, you know, you're a mother, you experienced the pregnancy and everything. You gave birth. You experienced that. You experienced the first um, feeding and everything. Like, what is one thing you will go back to tell yourself who just got pregnant to prepare for this journey? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I would tell her a lot of things. I think I would maybe tell her um, to don't rush the process. And, and it's going to take time to transform. It's a real transformation that can't be rushed. So, you know, set aside time to just, like, evolve. Beautiful. So we have one uh, last segment, um, Tiffany, and it's called To Love a Black Woman. So that's okay. where you, you get to say something that you either love about yourself or you could say something that you love about a particular black woman or you could say something that you love about black women in general. You're on. Mm. Oh, I hear her. <laughs> Tell her I said yeah, hey. Yeah, sorry. That's my husband. He's trying to, to quiet her. She's hungry. Tell um, her I said hey. I, no, <laughs> she's fine. Um, I think I would say about my mother and probably just my ancestors, like my mother and my grandmother that I love is the paradox of strengths, I guess, the how strong we are, um, but also how vulnerable we are and how that's transformed us, but mm. um, things that we've had to go through. So I would definitely say strength, um, but not like in the typical way. I would say both sides of that coin. Beautiful. And um, Tiffany, you are actually pretty open with your experience on motherhood and everything else. Um, online so if you want to share where people can you know if they want to see the video that I uh, spoke about earlier just any more information on everything that you're doing online feel free to let the people know where they can find you oh thank you Um, on Instagram is probably the easiest way it's just underscore Tiffany Shelton and I yeah I try to be as open authentic as possible so and I do appreciate it (laughs) I really do thank you (laughs) thank you so much I'll let you get back to um the person in charge over there (laughs) 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 thank you so much again for making the time um during your hectic schedule to uh speak even with the time difference and everything I can't say thank you enough Tiffany and I wish you nothing but like just a gratitude and just abundance with your new family Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for thinking of me. I really appreciate it. Of that was course. Fun. <laughs>
All right, so I'm here with another mom. She may sound familiar. Hey, Mailbox, how you doing? Hey, colon, colon. <laughs> um, and if she don't, um, you should check out the episode on um, relationships. We had um, an episode together this year, and I believe it's titled, Are You Ready for a Healthy Relationship? So check it out. Um, Mailbox, she's definitely um, one who knows about relating. So she's also <laughs> a mother. <laughs> Mel, if you would like to share um, your age, how many children you have, and how old are they? All right, so I'm 33. Um, my daughter is eight, just turned eight, October 25th, and my son is three. Beautiful. Okay, mm -hmm. so the first question I have for you is, what did your mother or parents teach you about parenting? Oh, honey. All right, so my parents, um, well, my dad was absent for all of my childhood. We kind of just reconnected as an, you know, with me being an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and my mother was pretty much in and out of my life. But like during those pivotal years of like needing, understanding about life and relating to people and these streets, um, she was not there, you know? So what I gathered from that as an adult now it related to like being abandoned, mm -hmm. right? And usually when people are abandoned, they turn out like one of two ways, right? They'll either be per be the person that's clingy to everybody mm -hmm. or they'll be the person that's like distanced from everybody and they're like, I got this, I can do it on my own. Right. That's the person that I turned into. <laughs> mm -hmm. That whole, you know, I'll figure this out. You're probably gonna leave me. I got it. You know, so what they ultimately taught me was a large, large amount of being independent, mm. you know, figuring it out on your own. Beautiful. I love how um, you took your experience with your parents and turned it into a learning experience, a learning experience rather than using it as like, you know, a crutch. Or right, like an right, right. Habits, yeah, a lot, so. a lot of people do that. Shout it's out. a healing process. You it know? is. It is. I'm not judging anything. I'm just saying Notice right. <laughs> Shout out to you. Um, <laughs> so the next question is, what was the highlight of your pregnancy and the worst part? And since you have two beautiful children, if you can share uh, both experiences. Um. Well, so the highlight for Micaiah would be um, just the 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 shock because I live like this, like I said, this crazy independent life. I was the girl out of the crew that's like you would never get pregnant. You would never have a child. You know, I was a little rough around the edges, things like that. So I think just that initial shock of, oh shit, that sperm landed. Right. Now what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it that was like, oh my God, what next? Like, I will never forget like that moment of trying to decide, am I going to abort this child or am I going to have it? Mm. You know, there was like no moment like that. And um, what was the deciding factor? Because I feel like that's something that, that is commonly like, you know, juggled in a woman's mind, whether, you know, if they end up in a situation where they do right. have an unexpected child, whether to keep it or not. So like, what was the deciding factor? Well, at that time, I was a Christian, right? Mm. So I was in the church, but I had a, a I had my little clique while I was still in, in the church and they were so supportive 
of helping me throughout the process, mm. you know? So I sat with myself and not for nothing, Micaiah wasn't my first child, you know, before that I had an abortion. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, is this what I'm going to continue to do? You, you know what I'm saying? Like right. the, the first time I was much younger, you know, so it was kind of like, for me, it was like a no brainer. Like there's no way I can take care of a child. Mm. But at this point in my life with Micaiah, I felt like this can be a reality. This is something that, that, you know, I can do. And I felt like I did not need to run from the challenge that presented itself to me because I considered it you know, a challenge, like, mm-hmm. okay, your whole life is about to change. Are you ready for this? Right. And then I made that decision, you know? And what was the highlight um, of your pregnancy with Levi? So, um, I have an abnormal cervix. It is very short and it's very soft. And that basically means that the heavier the baby gets, the least likely my cervix would have the strength to hold it up. Mm. The doctors did tell me that they suggested based on my damaged cervix that I should consider an abortion, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, here we go. We're at this place of a huge challenge. I went into the bathroom. I would never forget. I said, okay, I'm going to have the child. I'll figure it out. One day I was laying in a bed and I had like all these little cramps and I'm like, oh man, this baby must be kicking. He was about four months at that time. Probably couldn't kick nothing. But (laughs) I'm like, man, I'm having these cramps. And then the next day I'm just like, you know, I'm going in for a regular old sonogram. And the next thing you know, they're putting oxygen on my face. They have a wheelchair at the door. It was like scary as shit. You know, nobody was telling me anything Mm -hmm. um not for nothing the boy dilated like five centimeters i was on the verge of having a miscarriage remember i said my my cervix is only seven inches long Mm -hmm. or centimeters sorry seven centimeters right Mm -hmm. so he was already at five so the doctors are like okay we're gonna do what's called an emergency cerclage and that basically means they put you under a little bit you know state or what have you and then they sew your cervix together in order to keep the baby up mm. now he was only four months he got a long way to go he got a lot of growing to do right. you know before they did the surgery i went into the bathroom while i was waiting for them to prep and i spoke to levi and i said listen bro if you want to be here you're gonna call the shots but I'm gonna give you a chance Mm -hmm. so you figure this whole thing out I'm okay if you don't want to be here I'm okay if you do want to be here I was on my knees in the bathroom and the um the you know hospital room Mm -hmm. and I got up I walked out and I laid on the bed and I said you know whatever's gonna be is gonna be but that moment was so profound to me because I really like disconnected from myself and I put the ball in his court. All I had to do was be healthy, be happy. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do, do the best that I can to create a healthy uh, space to usher him into the world. Right. That was my job. That's but ultimately I feel like the decision was his. Right. Well, shout out to Levi for coming through. <laughs> yeah, he's something else, man. <laughs> Mr. Cool he's Guy. <laughs> so what was the actual like birthing process like? <laughs> I'm a little nervous to hear this part. <laughs> um, well, check this out. 
<laughs> he was a miracle baby because I I think it's like it was like 38, 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. They go in and they basically cut the stitch. And after they cut the stitch, it's like, okay, he's ready whenever he's ready to come. Now, they were like, as soon as we cut this stitch, he's probably going to slide right out. Mm-hmm. No, homeboy was in there absolutely chilling, not worried <laughs> about anything. It was just like, you know, how much longer are you going to be here? I'm walking up and down stairs. I'm going crazy. I'm like, get this kid out of me, mm-hmm. you know? So, because, <laughs> like, the, the ending of the pregnancy is like, you are over it. You are <laughs> like, please, get this child out of me. I'm done. I'm done, you know? (laughs) So after running, I used to run. I used to walk up and down stairs, and people used to look at me like I was crazy. I had this whole watermelon. Maybe I was eight pounds and six ounces. Wow. You know? And and (laughs) like I said, because my cervix, as they said, was so weak, they're like, this is crazy that this boy's not coming. Mm -hmm. Well, one day I went into the hospital, and I said, you're not sending me home. Let's do this. And my doctor was like, you know, you sure you want us to go in? I said, let's do it. I threw, <laughs> Levi's birth was so crazy, right? Because I threw some Biggie on. I had my <laughs> headphones, I had my phone. <laughs> I put Biggie in my ears and I said, get him out. Get him out. And that's that's exactly what happened. I got the push in and, you know. Was it natural or did you get um, epidural? Oh no, I got an epidural. I'm a, I'm a, I ain't no killer, but you know, don't, don't push me and stuff like that. But like, <laughs> no, I was not doing a natural birth. It's beautiful. Great. Shout out to all the natural moms and all that good stuff. But no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. So you feel like it was necessary? Absolutely not. What was that? It was necessary for you, the epidural? Yes. So, yes, like I haven't mastered passing out because if I could, <laughs> you know, if I could be like, you know what, I'm passing out, guys. Y'all got this from here. But you I'll, I'll check y'all in the field. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I could have did that, that's what I got. That's what I would have did. It hurts so bad. Just check out real <laughs> so quick. <dead. laughs> I'll be back, y'all. Y'all done with this. It hurts so bad. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not doing that without that. No. I'm out. Where's the mask? Where's the mask? Yeah, seriously. Seriously, I just couldn't. No. Okay, so what predictions or expectations did you have about motherhood um, and what was the reality? So I feel like we have to talk about Kai since she was your firstborn. So like what expectations or predictions did you have before um, giving birth to your first baby girl? So because I wasn't necessarily raised with a, a in a household of like love, like a loving environment, mm-hmm. the expectations that I created was this baby's going to get here. You're going to feed it. You're going to change its diaper. You're going to make sure it's sleep. You're going to give it a bath. Notice that I use the word it. Right. There was not a instant connection to motherhood for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was It was really, really one of those things that I didn't know I could necessarily feel. Right. It was just a, a responsibility because that's how I was looked at in the household that I was raised in. I was a responsibility. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing else mattered. But with Micaiah, she had an abscess. She was a couple of months old. She had an abscess on her leg. Right. Mm-hmm. And I took her to the doctor and the doctors, they actually had to cut her thigh in order to drain the abscess. Mm-hmm. The moment that I had when they did that, because they had to hold her down, right. she looked at me like we locked eyes and she let out this 
I mean, huge cry, like she was in excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. And I felt it was almost like in, in the energy field, I felt like she was looking at me like, you're supposed to protect me. Right. They're hurting me. You know, that God knows just did something to me. I was like, oh shit, I'm a mother. Right. I, I'm more than just somebody that you know, has to take care of necessities for this baby. Mm -hmm. This is my child, you know? So the expectancy was, you know, just do the the necessary. And then I had that moment. And then I just became so in love with her. I cried with her Mm -hmm. as they were draining it. You know, like that was like my moment to literally fall in love with my child. That's beautiful. Yeah. So when it was you, real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when after that experience, when you gave birth to Levi, was that um, a more of a natural experience then? Did the motherhood come natural for Levi? Yeah, yeah. Thing two, baby two. <laughs> <laughs> so he was his energy was a bit different, you know, because like I said, I went in there like a gangster, throwing a biggie on, ready to push this baby out, ready to do this mom thing. And when he came out, you know, it was like, I don't know, Levi's always had this cool ass vibe, you know, where he came out like, what's up, ma? (laughs) You know, a couple of minutes old, literally into the earth. It was just like, you know, What's up? Like, you're my mom. You know, give me that nipple. I'm a little hungry, lady. Come on, put that right here. Like, (laughs) we had this bond that was just natural, and it was cool, and it was chill, you know, and and it was still unconditional love, Mm. you know? And, And that was off the rip. Off the rip, he came out. I was like, boy, I am in love with you here. Take this breast milk. And, you know, we just vibe out. And we vibed out ever since then. Three years old, we're still vibing. <laughs> Music to my ears, yo. <laughs> so you breastfed um, both Kai and Omakaya and um, Levi? I did. I did breastfeed both that of that experience like? Oh my God. First of all, it hurts so bad. Yo, that's like, why I be hearing a lot. <laughs> I be hearing a lot. Oh my God. It, it hurts either either way. Like, it hurts when your breasts fill up, you know what I mean? Mm. And then at the same time, when you put it in their mouth, it's, it hurts while they're extracting it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And Levi, like, he was the gobbler. You know, he, like, he, I don't know, he felt like the nipple was like a little piece of gum. Ooh. Like, um, what was that gum, girl, from back in the day? Was it Bubblicious that had the little juice in the middle? Yeah. You know how you used to chew that gum, like, give me more juice? Right. Like, <laughs> So he just chewed your nipple? Girl, that was Levi's experience with my nipple. Came out that way. Wow. Um, He just loved it so much. And still to this day, he just eats a lot of food. He just don't stop chewing. I think that's a male boy thing. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> Micaiah was just like, you know, okay, I'll, I'll release some of this pain from you. She's taking the milk and stuff like that. But with her, because, you know, that was my first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I used to squirt her in the eye by accident. I remember one time it, like, went up her nose. It was, like, horrible. Right. So was- with that, did you just, was it just, like, practice makes perfect? Or did you do, like, more research and stuff? How did you perfect the, the breastfeeding? It was practice. Yeah. It was practice. I felt like there was absolutely nothing um, that was necessarily traditional 
to me that resonated with me. I'll say that like the traditional ways just did not resonate with me. Right. So like when I ran out of breast milk, cause I dried out pretty quick, like girl, these things became like wet socks. So when it did that, let me tell you something. Yeah. And they, you know, okay. So, when that happened, I did do research on creating natural milk because I never wanted them to be like those Similac kids and stuff right. like that. So what I did was started making hemp milk mm. from the hemp seeds. I will make it, you know, straight from the hemp seed. You just boil the water, extract it with the, um, what is it, the milk cloth? Oh, yeah, the, the cheesecloth thing. They tore that stuff up. Yeah, they say that that's like one of the best um, or the closest milks to breast milk mm. for babies. Noted. So hemp milk. Mm-hmm. Organic. Mm-hmm. So you got to make it yourself to make sure. Because I noticed like when you go to grocery stores and stuff, like the milk there it has like a whole bunch of other things. So it's best to make it. Right. I feel. Now, don't get me wrong. The doctors hated that shit. Like oh, yeah. I switched. I want to say I, I switched doctors like three times because they was against what I was doing, saying, you know, the child is not getting enough nutrients. This is what you need to be giving them. Meanwhile, I deliver a whole eight pound, six ounce baby. The boy is gaining weight rapidly. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how can, how can you try to tell me to change a system that's working? Mm. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about malnutrition, show me the evidence of that. There you go. And there wasn't any. Right. It was just one of those things where it's so non-traditional, they didn't understand. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to a doctor that does, and I'll keep switching until I do. Like, that was a, oh, it got on my nerves so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Okay, that was very inf- informative, the hemp milk. I did. I mean, I did know because you told me before, but outside of that, I didn't know about that at all. Um, yeah. And I always wonder, too, like, what happens if you don't want to do the formula, like, if you're you know, breast dried up. So thank you for that. No um, doubt. <laughs> the next question I have is like being a black mom, um, do you feel the need to prepare your child for the world when it comes to um, race? Um, I would, That that's something that I would probably want to address if it enters their life experience in a way that negatively affects them. I see. You know, so what I try to do is get ahead of the curve. So I promote Mm self-love. I promote um, being able to express yourself in an articulate way, Mm -hmm. you know, being comfortable with expressing your feelings, um, um, how to communicate effectively, things like that, you know, so that if whenever, if they ever are faced with those kinds of challenges, they can express themselves in a particular way in that moment. And I also leave room at home for them to not be uncomfortable with talking to me about it. You know, like my daughter, the school that she's in now, you know, it was, it's, she has pretty much an all black um, classroom and most recently a white kid entered the classroom. So she goes, you know, mom, you know, for radio's sake or whatever, I'll say his name's John, right? Mm-hmm. Mom, we have a we have a John in our class and he's white. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And like, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, nothing. Nothing. I was just saying. <laughs> now, I'm not going to push the bar, right, to say, no, it does mean something to you. What does it mean? Right. When she's comfortable, if she does feel a particular way about that, 
she'll remember, well, mom asked, you know, do I feel a particular way about so on and so forth? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily teach color in my household, but I do teach energy. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? So if you're able to understand your energy and what you're projecting, and then in turn understand the energies of the people that you're surrounded by, I think you can combat um, the racial thing in a unique way, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really interesting. And do you feel like any age is too young, um, I guess, for them to like share those experiences with you? So for example, if like uh, Makaya experienced that at like Levi's age, at like two or three, if she can, you know, articulate at that age, you know, how she feels or what happened, do you think there's like such thing as too young to start talking about, you know, race or even energy or anything like that? No, absolutely not. I feel like it's a way to present anything to an audience. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? If a two-year-old could communicate to another two-year-old, right? I'm 33. I need to figure out what's their language. Right. How, you you know, how do they understand particular things? I actually got on Makaya's father not too long ago about something like that. It wasn't really involved in race. It was more or less he wanted to have the whole boy conversation with her, mm. you know, and how boys are negative and this is all that they want. I had to check him at the door with that. I was like, hold on. That's not her experience just yet, if ever. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You right. can't. I just feel like as adults, sometimes we give children our adult perspective and our years and years of experience, and they can't, they can't comprehend certain things because life hasn't shown it to them just yet. Right. You know, it's like, why would I create this resistance? Children are so unconditional, sis. You know, they don't see a lot of things. They don't. However, as they get older, these things will present itself to them. Right. Now that's when you learn because words don't teach. Life experience yeah. does. Yep. All right, all right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> I don't I just went in, but that's that's like a big deal to me, man. Let these kids be kids. Yeah, no, that's um definitely a thing, especially now in the age of social media and stuff. Um I can right. really imagine how tough it is for children to be kids if you know they're online or whatever the case and exactly what you said too about um you know us adults <laughs> giving the the children our experience and stuff and them not being able to comprehend because they're like five <laughs> right you know, like what five are you talking about boys on are disgusting. like what oh, I know what does that like. mean <laughs> <laughs> if i do this i get cookies like what are you talking about right so, Um, that's a really, that's something to think about for sure. So the next question I have for you is that, you know, with your experience now giving birth to two beautiful children, um, what is one thing that you would go back to tell, um, pregnant Mel with Makaya, um, something to prepare you for motherhood? Nah, ain't no preparation for that shit. But what is one thing that you would tell yourself though, to at least like, I guess, give you some hope or whatever. Whatever you were at that time when you were pregnant with Kai, when you did have those concerns and things like that, what is one thing you will go and tell yourself to just like, I guess, to reassure yourself then instead of preparing? Probably, you know, you never get it wrong and you never get it done. What do you mean by that? Because there's no blueprint 
for parenting, you know, every child is so different and you kind of got to flow with your child right. and, and create particular boundaries so that your child can flow with you freely as well. I feel like it's, it's genuinely a trial and error. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? So like my perfection is mine. The, the best thing that I did or that really helped me out is that like, I've always been this organized person, you know? Yeah. So like diapers are here, wipes are here, you know, this is here where I needed to be. Like that was like the, the best thing when it came to um, my parenting. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the connection part, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, you just kind of figure it out. You right. figure it out and don't feel bad if something doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you take it on a chin and then you figure out how to be more creative to make yourself an effective parent. Mm. And then that that work is never done. It's never right. done because they're always changing. They're growing, That's you know. Fact, right. So it's like, don't ever think that you got this thing down pat because the moment that you do, they go from being two years old to eight. Right. And that system has to constantly change because you can't treat them like they're two. They're now eight. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like just lighten up on yourself. Take it easy. Figure it out as you go. Got you. Got you. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being um, extremely transparent and sharing your experience when it comes to motherhood and um, your pregnancy experience as well. Yeah, no doubt. I, thank you so much for having me <laughs> and creating this 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 stream. You know what I'm saying? People they need to hear stuff like this. Like you be, right. you know, you be on your real shit, real shit. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> and it's like I, every time I meet a mother, like you know, I probably ask some of this um, to you in person. Like I just end up having these conversations with mothers, so I'm just like, why don't I have a podcast episode on this just yet? So here right. it is, <laughs> and I'm really. Um, Really grateful for the information I am uh, receiving. So, Mel, for the next segment, um, you're very familiar with is to love a black woman. So that's where you get to say something that you love about yourself. You can say something that you love about a particular black woman, or you can say mm. something that you love about black women in general. Okay, okay, okay. So this week, I want to give a huge, huge love, hug, shout out to you, Aww. to a you. I have been in your life, not for that long, but long enough. And what you are doing in your personal life, in your professional life, the relationships that you have with the people that is closest to you is just amazing to me. You know, you are amazing. Your growth and your ambition and your drive is unmatched. It is. It like, is. So being here in New York, I'm going to speak for like, all I'm... the New Yorkers. I'm going to speak for everybody who's listening and all of those people that are connected to you. You out here doing your thing. And I'm so, so grateful to have been a part of your life experience. Like, I love you, girl. I love for you, real. too. And I really do appreciate that. I'm a little bit upset because I was expecting <laughs> a general when I'm over here teary-eyed and shit. Like, you know I'm an emotional motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really do appreciate that. It feels good to be seen for sure. Um, And I can, I am super grateful for um, your experience in my life as well. Like this, I mean, you are in my life, so. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. We we the tribe, you know. I'm I'm super grateful. And um, yeah, I'm just taken aback by that. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Not sorry. But. Gotta um, do it sometimes, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
Like I said before, y'all, uh, Mel, a.k.a. Mailbox1111, or just Mailbox, she's definitely um, your girl when it comes to relating, um, as you can tell, when it becomes to relating with your child or relating with your partner or friend or whatever. So, Mel, where can the people find you if they want to get more information on how to um, relate? <laughs> so, definitely, you can catch me on Instagram, which is where I am most active at, um, at mailbox1111 or if you do not have Instagram you can always email me um, at mailbox1111 at gmail.com beautiful and also too just I just want to do a shameless plug for my girl here she has uh, YouTube as well with the relationship series and everything on there there's a, there are tons of videos up on YouTube that y'all need to check out and I just want to say it makes conversing a lot easier. Like I was talking to this guy and we were talking about like cheating and stuff, just like, you know, regular casual conversation. And I really, I remember <laughs> my girl Mel made a video on it. So I was like, you know what? Let's, let's just chill and watch this video real quick. <laughs> so we watched the video and it's just like, one, I saved so much time and trouble trying to figure out how to say what I want to say. And I can just play this video and then we have a conversation on it and it can grow from there rather than, trying to like convince him with my own words so one i appreciate you for doing that you're making it a lot easier to uh speak to these men (laughs) shout out to you girl so y'all um check out those videos on youtube and on her instagram as well um and yeah show her some love follow like share if you do fuck with the video share it with someone you know someone you think might find interested interest in it as well Right. And then, oh, yeah. And, you know, Sunday nights I'm, I go live. OK, so what you doing on live then? <laughs> on um, So on Instagram, Sunday night, six o'clock, I go live and we kind of talk about the laws of attraction, relationships, energy, shit, world shit. We kind of just, oh, you shit. know, have a good time. <laughs> We really, we really do. They had me on there for the whole hour last Sunday. Word. The whole hour. Instagram kicked me off, girl. They was like, all right, y'all doing too much. This is uh, <laughs> not like that, but like that. Like if you all, like if you've been searching for like answers in a sense, or just speaking for, or looking for someone to speak with and figure out the emotions you're dealing with or how to attract the life you want and all those sorts of things. So those um, that's a great time to slide in them questions personally to Mel yeah, um, Sunday no doubt. night. So um, if you have any questions when, um, in regards to laws of attractions, like Mel said, like um, six o'clock on Sundays is the perfect time to get some answers. If not, book a session. You feel me? That's <laughs> a fact. Girl, thank you so much. No, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This was uh, super refreshing to hear. And you know what? I'm, I think I'm ready to be a mother. No, I'm just kidding. Let me chill. But um, in a couple years, I'll be ready. <laughs> and I'll be super ready after speaking to all y'all. So thank you again for being so transparent and just sharing your knowledge. Yeah, no doubt. And thank you so much for having me again, Bo. No problem. Anytime. This episode of Avocado and Honey is brought to you by Sankova Athletic Apparel. Sankova Athletic Apparel is an African-inspired, consciously forward brand that promotes unity. The creator of Sankova Athletic Apparel says, and I quote, It stems from my appreciation of fitness and the importance of living a healthy, conscious lifestyle. My inspiration is also rooted in my desire to bring an athletic apparel line to athletes that is a reflection of us, that inspires us. 
and ultimately unites us. So y'all, let's build, let's inspire, and let's unite. And once you subscribe to SankovaAthletics.com, you'll receive 10% off your first order. So be sure to check them out after the show. Now back to your scheduled programming. All right, y'all. So I'm here with another mother. Sydney, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for making time for me to um, share your experience with motherhood and pregnancy today. Of course. Of course. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> so first, if you can share your age, how many children you have and how old is um, your children? Sure. OK, well, I'm <laughs> 32. 32. <laughs> I'm 32 years old um, and I have one daughter. Um, she's two years old. She'll be three in April of next year. OK. And um, what's her name? Shiloh, Shiloh Brown. Shiloh, okay. okay. <laughs> duty. I call her Duty. Duty? So, yeah, I love I it. <laughs> Hi, Duty. <laughs> yes. Okay, this it was is a like. Name that, you know, I said one day, I think I was like, oh, you got a Duty butt, and it just sucked. That's how nicknames duty, come about. Yes. I, I swear. Yes, that is exactly. <laughs> when she is like 16, it's going to be over for that name. Oh, Probably before name. 13. Duty is not going to want to be Duty at all. <laughs> It's going to be done. Do not. <laughs> but it's cute now. It's really cute. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So, um, Sydney, what did your mother or your parents teach you um, about parenting? Well, my mom is, a, she's old school, okay? And she taught me to pretty much just, you know, just go with it, basically. You know what I mean? She mm -hmm. always said I was going to have, these notions about what I want to do, how I want to parent, and things like that, and it, it just wasn't going to be that way. I had to just go with it. Mm. Once I have a child, you know what I mean? Just, just live in my truth, pretty much. Mother the way that I feel like mothering, and just be the best parent that I can be. That's it. Just don't worry about trying to be like her or my sister as far as how I parent. Just right. learn from them, take the things that I've, I've seen them do, and, and you know, do, do have my own twist to it, add my own twist to it, and that, you know, for good. Right, and that makes sense, because every child is different. Exactly, exactly. So what was the, um, the highlight of your pregnancy, and what was, like, the worst part about it? The highlight of my pregnancy would have to be finding out Shiloh was Shiloh, a girl. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I always wanted a mini-me, and finding out I was having a daughter was one of the best feelings ever. I cried my eyes out when I found out I was having a girl and still to this day I'm I'm still in awe when I when I look at her, when I get to do those things, you know, those mommy and me things with mm -hmm. her. And it's just it's so amazing. The worst part would be um gaining a ton of weight. Um, I know it's so super I feel simple, like but that's objective because I've been following you on Instagram and I don't know what a ton <laughs> looks like on you, but you know, go ahead. <laughs> Like it was, I went, I gained over 50 pounds and it happened. It feels like it happened out of nowhere. Mm. At one point I was like, dang, I'm not showing what's going on. And then the next thing I know, I was huge. And I mean, it's normal because I was pregnant, but I right. wasn't, I wasn't accustomed to being so big and feeling so out of place. I just, I didn't feel like myself, which 
is again a normal feeling because I have another human being growing inside of me Mm -hmm. but I just you know I just didn't feel like myself so not being able to do the things that I was accustomed to doing as a result of all the weight gain I, I had trouble you know, walking around for long periods of time, my ankles were super swollen, mm. my hands were super swollen, I couldn't fit into anything, um, I had very bad um, nausea, so I, just the sickness and the weight gain, it, it, it was a lot, it was mm. a lot, it was a lot for someone that was so accustomed, that's so accustomed to just getting up and going, Right. you know what I mean, so yeah, and you that, said- that was hard. You said you feel like it kind of just happened. So, like, what month did you feel like that that shift happened? I would say, um, like, the fourth or fifth month. Oh, like halfway through. I think I should, yeah. It it, it was, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) One day I got on the scale and I went from not gaining any weight to, like, a 10-pound weight gain. Mm. And then it just kept going and going and going. And I, again, I had the nausea, so I would eat and I, w- I would get sick. But at the same time, I was always hungry. So I was eating and eating and eating. And I, I didn't really have any guidance as far as what, you know what I mean, what was best for me at the time in regards to my diet. Mm. My doctor just wanted me to, you know, eat whatever made me happy at the time because I was healthy. Right. I, a, you know, pretty healthy pregnancy. So the doctor's just like, you know, whatever you want to eat, just eat. And I'm just like, okay, so I'm going to eat this. I mean, I'm going to eat everything. Right. Did <laughs> and you have then a... the weight gain happened. So, yeah. Did you have any um, strange cravings? Yes. Oh, my goodness. One night, I wanted pickles. And, you know, that pickles, pregnancy, you know, pickles they go and hand ice in cream. hand. But, girl, I didn't have pickles. I had relish. Whoa. And... <laughs> <laughs> now can you eat it i can i can i I love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) so what was uh Mm -hmm. what'd you say i said i just loved it more then (laughs) (laughs) so what was uh your experience like giving birth my oh my goodness well um i went to the the hospital and they sent me home Mm -hmm. and i then went i went into labor i think about Two hours later, after they sent me home, we ordered pizza, and then boom, the first contraction hit, and I was like, "Oh, whoa! I, I didn't, I didn't expect this." Mm-hmm. And we ran to the hospital. The hospital was about, I think, five ten minutes away, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I was going to be able to do, you know, the whole natural birth and not get an epidural and things like that. But uh, let me tell you, that's one of those things. It's like, you know, you have your little list. I had a whole list written out of what I did not want, what, I, you know, what my child wasn't going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And on that list was absolutely no epidural, no matter how badly I asked for it. Okay. And when I got there, I was screaming like, please, just give me the medicine. Give me the drugs. I just, I just want the drugs. I wanted it. So I wanted that pain to go away. It was that pain until you experience it. There's, to me, there's, there's no pain like it. And I thought I was dying. So, um, and I don't want to scare you. I know you don't have any children, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah, I'm like, like, I made it through. <laughs> but, 
the epidural mm-hmm. because they knew that was something I was totally against. So they tried that first to, to see if, you know, the pain would subside and I'd be okay. Um, but no, um, it did not. It helped for a little bit, and then the, 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 the pain started getting worse. So they gave me the epidural, fine, great. Um, I think I was in labor about 12 12 hours or so, um, but when I, um, I I had trouble pushing her out, mm-hmm. um, so that was an issue. Um, I had trouble pushing, so a nurse had to help guide her head out. Finally, you know, she enters the world. I'm excited. I'm happy. The pain, you know what I mean? It's like the nausea went away immediately as well. Which oh, was wow. Odd. Literally, as soon as she came out, it was like I felt um, 10 times better. Wow. But when... Yes, after I delivered her, the placenta, they stitched me up. I did rip. Um, and they stitched <laughs> you me up. You said that so casually. Like, oh, yeah, I ripped. <laughs> I ripped. <laughs> From the root to the tooth, I was ripped. And uh, so, so they stitched me, and then, um, the pl- but I couldn't get the, pl- they couldn't get the placenta out. It actually separated from the umbilical cord inside of me. Mm. So the doctor then had to reach her hand into my v- vagina mm-hmm. and get the placenta out, burst all the stitches to get the placenta mm. out of me because I could have died. Right. Yeah. So it was an experience, and then they had to restitch me. I obviously I was still under a lot of you know anesthesia, not anesthesia, but um pain medicine or whatever. The mm-hmm. epidural was still there, so I didn't feel all the pain, but I felt a lot of pressure with her going in. She had to go in all the way up to her elbow. Wow. So you think think about yeah, yeah. Thank God you know our body they go back to normal. Right. Okay. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything with the placenta? No, I, you know, I read different articles about, um, you know, moms eating the placenta and the benefits. I did not. I mm. did not do anything with it. At that point, I was just happy it was out of, outside right. of, you know, my body. You right. know, I just, I didn't want any parts of it. or expectations did you have about uh, motherhood um, and then what was the reality so when you were pregnant with Shiloh what kind of expectations did you have and what was the reality once she was here well I expected Shiloh to be this little innocent <laughs> quiet oh my goodness when my I'm telling you I would always speak about how I would be that parent my child wasn't going to disobey me she was gonna listen to everything I had to say <laughs> not talk back to me my daughter is is my daughter okay and I have a, <laughs> that is the best way for me to describe my like my daughter she is Miss Sassy Pants and I cannot say anything without her having something to say in response she has <laughs> she has taught me that expectations are just that expectation. Mm. You know what I mean? And you can't, it, you can have whatever expectations you want, but until you live it, you won't, you, you, you're not going to know. You're, mm-hmm. you, you won't know until you live in that moment. And dealing with her is like 
dealing with myself. She's like me, dealing with a little version of me, and I have to then catch myself like, this is how you are with people. Mm. This is how you know what I mean. You 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 think that you're gonna you're gonna have this this little innocent little kid that just oh yes mommy no mommy and you ask her hey can you go and get this and it's why why <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I mean I I just I expected motherhood to be easier because I watch TV and I see all these different you know different moms on television shows with their kids just cleaning up their rooms taking naps and the right. doesn't take naps Okay, she does not think that. She, um, her room always looks like a tornado headed, and um, <laughs> we have to we have to play clean up and make songs to, to make it entertaining. Um, I thought I was going to be able to breastfeed. Um, you know what I mean, and and do that. It just didn't work out that way. So okay. I mean, that's one of the. That, you know what I mean. I, I just expected. I, I expected a fairy tale mm. although it is a fairy tale it's my fairy tale right. i expected a fairy tale like the fairy tales i saw mm-hmm. when in reality your fairy tale is is gonna 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 be true to you right you know what i mean and that's something that i had to learn at being a mom mm-hmm. i learned that shiloh gave me that she gave me that that feeling of just you know not having this whole like this cloud you know what I mean? And the fall, this haze. You, you just got, you have to see things for what they are while you're going through it and not expect to live anyone else's truth. Okay. You live, and you know what I mean? You live your life. You be, you be the best mom you can be. Yes. Don't be the mom you see on Family Matters. Yes. Don't be the mom you see on Mohicha. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? You be Sydney. You be, this is Sydney's life, Sydney's fairy tale, and you you will mold Shiloh the way you want to mold her. And, and that, that's, I mean, that's what I've learned. I just learned that it, it's not going, it, it, it's nothing like I thought it would be. It's everything it should be. Yes. A, oh, my goodness, girl. I'm over here in charge right now. I love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And that's that's that on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what it is. That's that. I was trying to get it. (laughs) So, um, you know, you um, Shiloh, you said she's about to be two, right? In April? No, she's gonna be three. Oh, she's gonna be three. Terrible two right now. What's what's her birthday? April what? April twenty-seven. Oh, so she's a Pisces. The water. Oh, May. Oh, yeah, April. Okay, I'm thinking March. Okay, okay. 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 Oh, Taurus. Oh, yeah. So they're definitely, like, usually about, like, you know, the maintenance, like, skincare and all that stuff. So she's probably, like, into beauty and lipstick. I mean, I feel like that's, like, regular little girls, too, though. Oh, my goodness. It was inevitable that she was going to be a girly girl. When I'm doing my makeup, Shiloh is doing her makeup. That is so cute. She has a little kid. <laughs> it's so cute. But sometimes I'm like, okay, let me do this. But she's like, no, I'm trying to contour. And she wants all the powder on her face. She wants the contour. And oh, I'm like, no, girl, is. no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I brought lipstick and pop some mist in. And uh, this shit here. That's, that's my girl. <laughs> that's my oh, girl. I love it. Girl. <laughs> and it's yes. so it's so like beautiful because like you know you're saying all these things that's probably like the worst part of the pregnancy but there's so much joy in your voice as you say it so it's so like I can joy. tell you really enjoy this experience I do I do and um I wouldn't change anything about the experience 
going through the experience, although tough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Seeing her for the first time was one of the m- most magical moments in my life. The fact that I went through all of that. I, know, I mean, I've gone through things in life, but to give life is one of the most right. amazing things in the world. So once the, the nausea, the weight gain, the stretch marks, all that, was it was okay because I knew I was going to get this beautiful being mm. on the other side. You know what I mean? And seeing her, and she always says, "Mommy, I was in your belly. I was. Oh. I'm not in your belly anymore. I'm a big girl." And I'm Ooh. like, "Yes, you're my big girl. Oh my you're my big girl." <laughs> yes. And she sees my gender reveal video. Oh my goodness. She she like I, I have Beyonce's. Um, I think it's blue playing in the background, and I, I get teary every time I show her that video. But I tell her, that's the joy. The joy I felt knowing that I was going to get you. Aww. That is, yeah. That is so beautiful. And that's so dope that you, like, just sharing that with her at this such a young yes. age, too. Like, know yes. that you were loved before you even got here, baby exactly. girl. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, girl. <laughs> okay, so, like, earlier you mentioned, like, something where, like, breastfeeding went wrong. So what was the process uh, with the breastfeeding? Well, um, when I had her, I, I was able to get her to latch, but if she, she latched for, I would say, about a few hours, you know, not consistently, but, you know, mm-hmm. on and off, they would have her, the nurses would come in, lactation consultant, they would come in, and they would get her to latch, and I thought, okay, everything's fine, sidebar. She sees, I have a video of her from the day I gave birth, and she is, you know, bre- I'm breastfeeding her, and she's always like, "Mommy, I'm, I look, I was sucking your boobies." <laughs> the, the girl is a mess. Okay. Like, how do you even um, know all like, of that right mess. now? Like, how, how do you not say that? With her. I cannot with her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, she was able to latch um, initially, but then I don't know what happened. She just did not like to. She didn't like to latch. She mm. did not want to. So I had, um, you know, like patient consultant. Um, come to my house and and try different methods with me. Nothing would work. That girl would not. She she just wouldn't. And so I tried pumping, mm. and um, like I just wouldn't produce. So I don't. I, I. It was one of the most trying times in my life, and I actually went into a bit of depression because I felt like I couldn't give my child the nourishment she needed, mm. and I was so against formula. initially so I was like I was crying all the time I'm just like she just won't latch I just I can't get it you know get enough milk out to feed her and they would tell me doctors would tell me it's okay you know she doesn't need much at this time but I it was depleting I wasn't at one point I just didn't have anything and they're like fit me although you want to breastfeed it's not working for you so you I know you want to take care of her you're saying she's not getting the nourishment she needs but that means you have to look at alternatives. Mm. Perhaps you need to go to formula because it's not working for you. And eventually I'm just like, you know what? I just need, my baby has to eat. Right. So if formula is what I have to do, then then that's what I'll have to do. And I mean, she's a happy, healthy baby. Formula mm. is not the worst thing in the world. Although that's what I think is drilled into our head. It, I love the fact that we, you know, we're able to breastfeed. And I wish I could have, but I couldn't. So just being able to feed my child, that, that was, what, you know, what was most important. Right. And being able to give her, you know, to, to give her the milk, that's, you know, what I had to result to. 
that that's okay too. So I don't mm-hmm. I want moms out there to know it is okay if you're having trouble breastfeeding. Yes, it, it's wonderful if you can go that route. And if I do happen to have another child one day, I, I'm going to try it again. Mm-hmm. But I know now if it doesn't work, that's also okay. Right. And I actually spoke with another uh, mother not too long ago and mm-hmm. some a similar situation happened where I think she like dried up and yeah. um but instead of going to formula she actually did um she made hemp milk she said oh. she did like she did her research to figure out like what's the cleanest milk to give to a baby and the most nutritious and it was right. hemp like the doctors of course were against it she said but um it worked for her she has like two strong <laughs> children amazing. so I I wasn't aware of that, so that's something I Me need neither. to research, you know, just in case. Right. So, you know, when, you know, whenever you feel like it's time for baby number two. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the way my life is set up right now, I don't know. Right. However, I will say this. I, when I was pregnant, during my pregnancy, I, I was against, totally against any more children. Mm. But once I had her... I and seeing her and li- you know living life with her, right. it definitely opened my eyes to the possibility of you know bringing another one into the world. So I think when you go through the pregnancy, you're like hell no, hell no, <laughs> and then <laughs> once you see the life you were able to to bring into the world, you your mind may change just as mine did because I I'm definitely open to it now. I don't mm. know if it if, if it's gonna happen, but I'm open to the open to the possibility. Right, and plus. You know, sometimes you, you ain't got control over it. The universe is like, here you go. <laughs> here you go. Just like, one day. Girl, you ready? Sounds nice. Okay, so. So raising a beautiful black daughter in this world, do you feel that you need to prepare Shiloh um, for the world when it comes to race? I do, I do, and um, as you know, you know, I returned to natural and things like that, and Mm -hmm. I am all about embracing your beauty, your natural beauty, and and loving yourself, and I know in this world, unfortunately, we are taught that we are not pretty enough, that we're not good enough, and I teach Shiloh, and I tell her every day, you're beautiful, you're so beautiful, even when I just throw some plaster hair, some braids, some dookie braids, I'm just like, girl, you look so good right now, you're so pretty right now, because I want her to know that what society says is beautiful, is that, that no, you're beautiful, regardless of what society says, and, and you're great, when she says she cannot do something, no, you can do whatever you want to do, okay. whatever you put your mind to, you can do, I I know this because I've seen it and I give her different examples and I, you know, I, I tell her about myself and I'm just like, look, it, it's hard. I do things. I'm, she's like, I'm, I'm like, I'm working when I FaceTime her while I'm at work. She's like, why are you working? Because I have to work. Mm-hmm. I have to take care of you and you can do it till you see how I work and I take care of you and I, you know, I do other things. It's because that we were built like that. Right. We're strong like that. And I, I teach her those things. And I think it starts in the home. Mm-hmm. And and you know what I mean? As long as I instill those things in her head, when she gets out in this world, she'll be prepared to tell people. When they tell her that she's not good enough, yeah, she, uh, what, what do you mean? Right. My mother told me I, I know I'm good enough. I can't My relate. dad tells me I'm good enough. You know what I mean? So, yes. That's yeah, I beautiful. prepare her for for the for this cruel world we live in. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely 
tainted. And if, if I don't tell her these things and I don't show her these things, that she'll come out, she'll get out here and she'll be blindsided. And I don't right. want that for her. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely yeah. important for I. Well, for me, you know, um, I think that's one thing that I would want to instill first and foremost is that knowledge of self. Like, you know, yes, yes. I feel like that's just like the number one thing. So kudos. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So Absolutely. My last question for you, Sydney, is um, what is one thing that if you can go back to when you first learned that you were pregnant with Shiloh, uh, what is one thing that you would tell yourself in that moment to prepare you for this beautiful two year journey that you've um, experienced thus far? I would tell myself to just take it easy. And to acknowledge your feelings. Mm. You know what I mean? Acknowledge when, you know, sometimes I go through things and I don't feel like I'm good enough. I'm a good enough mom. And, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm unable to spend enough time with her on a given day. And, and I beat my, you know, I would beat myself up about it. And if I could go back, I would just tell me, that's okay. It's a, it's a marathon. Mm -hmm. You're going through this marathon with her. And you're not going to be perfect. Right. You know what I mean? I thought I would be perfect. I thought I would be this perfect parent, never shed a tear because I didn't feel like I was good enough or doing enough for her or spending enough time with her. But that's okay. Those, those are moments that you're going to have. Mm -hmm. And without those moments, you know, you can't grow because you grow with your children. Right. You know what I mean? There are things that I that I didn't know on the first day that I know now. And I, it's because I've experienced them with her. Mm. So just, just in, enjoy and acknowledge that it's okay not to be okay. You know what I mean? And mm. it's okay that, you know, you you may feel like she's she's not listening or she's not being the 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 angel that you thought you were gonna have and that that's okay. <laughs> right. That's okay. Let her live, let her grow. These are things that you're gonna have to go through with her. You're gonna have to learn and, and you'll learn as you go. Right. The, the being perfect part, that's 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 not reality. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I if I could go back I would just tell myself to take it easy on yourself. Be okay in knowing that you're not perfect, but you're going to be perfect in her eyes and everything will work out perfectly in the end. That's a That's fact, it. yo. Thank you <laughs> so much, Sydney, for being super transparent and sharing your experience um, with pregnancy and giving birth, yo. Like, Absolutely. One You'll thing. be one day. It's amazing. It's, a, it's an amazing experience. Thank you for having me and listening to my story. No, this has been like, I mean, the conversation before we even hit record, girl, like I am <laughs> grateful for just this interaction with you. So let's go into the last segment really quick, Sydney. So this is um, to love a black woman. So that's where you get to say something that you love either about yourself. You could say something that you love about a particular black woman. So sister, mother, cousin, auntie, daughter, friend. Or you can say something that you love about black women in general. Okay, sure. Well, I just, well, first of all, I love black women. I mm. just, I love us. I love the fact that we are who we are and that's it. And I want to shout out my, my mom. My mom is such an unapologetic black woman. And she taught me to be an unapologetic black woman. Yes. Just live my truth, be who I am, and that's it. The world will just have to adjust, period. Ooh, period. <laughs> yes, mama. I love it. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thank 
girl. Oh, my goodness. You know, you are a working mom. Um, You have your hands in a lot of things. Some of it is on social media as well. So if people are interested in the things that you do online, where can they find you? Sure. Um, Well, on Instagram, is at posh underscore Sid. I have a blog, which I haven't been very active on, but I plan to get back into it. 2020, I'm going into it with 2020. And everything in order. 2020 vision. So um, you can visit me at poshsid.com. Also, Facebook, I am poshsid. Perfect. And you will definitely catch some videos of Shiloh on there. And oh, she, yeah. is, <laughs> she is definitely, a pe- like, she's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yes. Some videos, I'll be like, what? <laughs> like, children, they just amaze me, yo. She's only two, and I just be like, like, how? Like, I don't, oh, girl. like, when what? Five, I'm scared. Right? I'm scared. <laughs> like, two years. And, like, yeah. this is all the knowledge you have. You learned all this already. So, like you said, imagine, yo. When she get like exactly. five thirteen, girl, she about to be doing your taxes. Hey, girl, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Save me some coins. Give me some coins. Okay. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> Thank right. you so much, girl. Thank you. I'll let you get back to Shiloh. Get to Shiloh. I appreciate you again for making time uh, to have this conversation. Can't say thank sure. you enough. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, have a good night. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm here with another mother. How you doing, Desiree? Hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time uh, to talk with us about your pregnancy experience and your experience with motherhood. I'm very excited to talk to you. <laughs> I'm excited, too. <laughs> All right. So first, if you can share your age and how many children you have and how old are they? Yes, I <laughs> am a 30. Oh, I'm almost 30. So I'll be 32 next month. Um, my baby just turned one November 2nd. So she's one. My baby girl, Sarah. I'm so Happy proud birthday, of her. belated. So, Desiree, what did your mother or your parents teach you about parenting? Um, patience. That's the main thing that I got from both my mom and my dad. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was like a bad teenager. I was actually pretty good, but <laughs> I had a mouth on me. And <laughs> just watching my mom with me and my other two siblings, she needed a lot of patience with us. Oh, we were okay. just all over the place. <laughs> So having patience with your child. Mm-hmm, for sure. And just, just love and conditioning. Mm. So random question. So mm-hmm. with you, like knowing that, like, you know, as a child or teen that like you, you spoke back kind of to your mom, like how would you, I guess, handle that now that, you know, you realize that with Zara, like if she becomes like a teen or whatever, and she happens to talk back. Like, how would you handle that? Like, this, uh... You know what? It's so crazy because my mom, she, you know, that's something that she's always told me, oh, your daughter's going to do the same thing to you. And I'm like, no, she's not. Me and my daughter are going to be friends. And, you know, I just want to make sure that we build, like, a really strong relationship to where Zara can come to me. And we really won't even have that type of conflict. Mm. But, you know, can't really predict the future. But if that does happen, She's going to know that I'm not the one. <laughs> Heard you. <laughs> I'm not the one. That Nor the conversation two. will get cut short. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. so uh, what was the highlight of your pregnancy and what was like the most unbearable part of your pregnancy? The highlight, I have to say this, and I don't want to say that, you know, everything was just easy, but mm. I want to say maybe after or going into the second trimester, uh, my husband and I went on a trip and just not having that morning sickness because it was the worst. <laughs> it was terrible. 
So you didn't have morning sickness on during the trip? I'm sorry. You didn't have morning sickness during your trip? No. Well, yeah. When we landed, it went away. It was oh. gone. Like when we got to where we needed to go, it was completely gone. I was able to eat and just really enjoy myself. So that was like the biggest thing. That, that, that was definitely the highlight of my pregnancy. <laughs> and what was like the, the most unbearable part? <sighs> the sciatic nerve pain. I gained 55 pounds. Mm. throughout the whole pregnancy and just from having like such a small frame into you know gaining that much weight it put so much pressure on my back and mm. I still have the back pain like it it barely subsided oh wow and I, it was a wobble it would make me cry and oh it was terrible <laughs> mm. yeah I've, I've been that's another thing I've been hearing a lot the for some reason, like I, I always assumed, I guess, just because how I see other mothers who like gain weight or whatever, like I never mm-hmm. seen it as like such a huge problem. I thought it's just kind of all naturally just happened type thing. I don't know why I thought that, but um, this has definitely been an eye opening conversations with these. Uh, yeah, with all hey, of these mothers. just imagine just putting that much pressure on a you know a body part that never had that before. Right. The body don't know how to act. It's like what? Right, and then it's like so quickly too. Mm-hmm. Just like within the month. Oh my god, within what nine, eight, nine months? It right. Was, it, was, it was fast. So what like predictions or expectations did you have about motherhood and then like before you gave birth and what was the reality of being a mother for you? Um, well, hmm, that's really a really good question. I don't think I really had any high expectations. I think that I've been around children my whole life. Like all my friends have teenagers now, so I've always been quote unquote the babysitter. Mm. Uh so I think I was just really looking forward to having my own someone, you know, I didn't have to give somebody's kid back. Right. Just just having somebody that was there with me 24 seven was just something that I've always wanted. Mm. And did you have like, you know, once you gave birth to Zara or anything like any scary mom experiences? Like, um, I, like I remember speaking to a mom, not on this podcast or anything, just like a regular conversation. And like her, her newborn, like, I think she, not he wasn't a newborn. He was like one now. And I think she gave him eggs and he had like a crazy reaction and she just like <gasps> didn't know what to do. So like, did you have any scary situations like that with Zara? No, we have been smooth sailing. And you know what? That's always a fear. My husband was eating some, some peanuts one mm. day. I think she was about three months old. And then he goes and starts playing with her. And I'm like, um, did you wash your hands? And he's like, no, like, what do you mean? I just was, you know, having some peanuts. I said, babe, peanut allergy. Right. And he's like, oh, crap. Oh, my friend. So I can imagine, imagine that happening to somebody and just freaking out. But no, we haven't had any close calls, any scares, anything like that. That's beautiful. Yo, shout out. Sarah is just coming just like smooth selling over here. Babies are scary, okay? They are so when it comes to feeding Zara, did you do breastfeeding or um, like formula? What was your method? Uh, we were 50-50 um, when, we, when I gave birth. I was actually induced, so my milk, no, she was 10 days early. So I had no milk. I had nurses and doctors coming in, smashing me. Nothing was coming out. Not, mm. even, like, not even a drop of colostrum. Mm. So they said babies can go 24 hours without feeding after they're born. Uh, hour 12, my baby is the only baby on the floor screaming and hollering. I said, um, get her a bottle. Right. Right now. So they tried to fight me on it because, you know, my insurance, they're like high on breastfeeding. And I'm like, my baby's not eating. Get her a bottle. Mm. So after that, um, you know, three days later, we come home. I'm still no milk. So I'm like, okay, she has to eat. So we're formula feeding. She's bottle feeding. I'm still pumping to try to, you know, get the flow going. Mm-hmm. On my actual due date, the milk 
flowed. Like it just started pouring out. And she latched on. She was drinking. Three months, she was done. Oh, and wow. I'm not, I didn't fight her on it. I said, you know what? I'm going to pump and get what I can. But for the most part, she breastfed that whole time. And then when she was done, that was it. So at the three months, did she go to like soft food or like what she went to? No, no. She, she um, you know, my parents are old school. So um, they were putting cereal in her bottle. Oh, so she okay. would get like one cereal bottle a night. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it was all, it was formula. Oh, okay. Um, and then what was the process like uh, giving birth? Whew, are you ready for this? <laughs> I, think so. yeah. <laughs> I think so. That was 54 hours of just... 54? <laughs> I was in labor for 54 hours. It was something. It was... I went in for a dilation check. I, I can't... I'm not even going to browse on my brain with dates right now. I went in for a dilation check. The... Oh, Okay, so we don't talk about dilation checks, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into going into that visit. I called my mom like, Mom, you did not tell me that this lady was going to be elbow deep okay not to grab it or anything but i'm like okay that hurt Uh, (laughs) i wasn't even a centimeter so then she gave me lab work uh that night i checked my labs online i'm not knowing what i'm looking at so i called labor and delivery i'm said, i'm like hey i don't understand these labs can you read them to me Mm -hmm. the nurse says oh they look fine let me call the doctor calls the doctor doctor calls me and says i hope your bag is packed i need you to come in tonight I said, excuse me, right. <laughs> I'm not trying to come in tonight. Can I come in tomorrow? She's like, no. She was like, um, you're on the verge of having pro- proclampsia, so I need you to come in tonight. We have lots of beds ready. You know, just plan to be here. And so I'm like bawling, crying, because I'm, I'm wanting to have this natural birth, you know, mm-hmm. medicine. You know, I just I want to go into labor naturally and all this good stuff. And that was not the case. She told me to come in. They immediately checked me, did all my triaging for my vitals and all that good stuff and then next thing you know i'm taking these two tablets to start the induction process so, so after that okay. yeah after that it was on and cracking <laughs> so was it um a, so did you have to take like epidural or something with that or uh, that epidural just a long story short i wasn't dilating but i was contracting i felt every bit of everything that you could possibly feel during labor but i wasn't dilating so the doctor had to use this tool called um a foley catheter a foley balloon catheter they insert it they fill these two balloons with saline you keep them in for 16 hours the doctor checks you pulls them takes it out Uh, at that time i was about four or five centimeters dilated so then he wanted to start the other induction medication which is the pitocin Mm. so pitocin was really that that was that was i I can't even talk because i'm having flashbacks that was horrible So all this time, take your time, yeah, take your all time. These contractions off the Richter. My husband is just like, wow, like you're doing really good. And I was just trying to keep my cool. You know, it was just me, my husband and my mom. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking. They not even thinking anything is wrong with me. But I was just keeping my cool. I'm like, OK. So then I asked her, I said, when am I going to feel contractions? She said, excuse me. She was like, you, you've been having contractions. <laughs> so oh. I'm thinking I'm just in pain. Right. But I had no idea what they were. She was like, no, you're having contractions. So I think I got to eight centimeters. Mm-hmm. I told my husband, I said, look, I said, I know I said no meds. <laughs> and he was like, "You are you sure you're almost there? I said, I'm, I'm 100% positive. And he was like, well, let's see if you can um, wait it out a little bit longer. That's Five love. minutes later, I looked at the nurse. I said, call the anesthesiologist right now. <laughs> I am not doing this natural. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, okay, well, if you can hold still, you know, while they're putting the needle in your back, then we'll go ahead and do it. I held so still every 
piece of contraction that was coming through, I was just firm, standing strong. I'm like, I'm getting this shot. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting it. So, so that that pretty much was the hard part. Pushing her out was nothing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so once you, like, got the shot, is it just, like, all the pain just kind of go away type thing? Uh, not 100%, but it was alleviating. I was able to take, what, like an hour nap afterwards. Mm. It doesn't totally take it away, but I was, I was good. So I want to say after delivery, the, oh, so here's another thing. I didn't know that I could press a button to administer more medication. Oh. So I was just off of the the initial injection that they gave me. Mm, so, so like I, if you were to it, fill it, it good enough. you're supposed to like press the button and they come bring you more? No. Well, no, it's through the IV. So that you just press it and then it, it goes right through your system. Oh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. Note it. I know. I would, it was dope. I if I would have known, I would have. <laughs> You've been playing around with it. No, like, but I was up. able to feel myself pushing. So I'm glad that I didn't administer more medication because I probably wouldn't have been able to feel it. But right. I, I pushed for a good 45 minutes and then they were all laughing and talking and saying how they can see her hair and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, you guys are laughing, but I feel like I need to push. <laughs> Glad y'all having a good sure. time. <laughs> and I know my husband wanted to get the baby, but I needed, he was giving me oxygen cause I kept losing. Like I, I wasn't getting enough oxygen. I think I was just nervous. Mm. So, um, he, you know, he stayed there by my side. He was a little upset cause he wanted to deliver the baby, but I'm sorry, maybe the next one. <laughs> But he like got to cut the cord, right? Yes, he did. He was really excited that? about that. He loves all that medical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> did he you cut feel... the cord? I gave him that much at least. Right. That's that's a big that's a big like position. I feel like you cut the cord. It like, was. Right. I'm like the doctor's right there letting you do your thing. Right. <laughs> you basically I'm just doctor right my now. Legs open. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, being a black mom. Do you feel that you need to prepare Zara for the world when it comes to um, to race? Uh, well, obviously, yes. She's going to need to know, you know, who she is as a black woman. We're um, we're actually Israelites, so we, you know, we study the Bible. We follow all of the commandments in the Bible, Old mm-hmm. and New Testament. Like there are no there are no limits. So Zara, she's going to know who she is as a black woman in this world. For sure, she's gonna know who she is, and she's gonna have confidence, and she's not gonna she's not gonna have any fear. Everything that's happening to us right now is prophesized, mm. so she's gonna know. It's not gonna be a surprise. She's gonna know who she is. Right, and I said it before, and I feel like that's just like the number, the most. Uh, you know, me not being a mother, this is what I feel <laughs> is one of the most important things to instill in the child, um, and that you know, knowledge of self. Like you know, once mm-hmm. you know, you know who you are. It's gonna be pretty hard for the world to tell you. Right, so, exactly. With all she of nobody telling her, she don't need nobody telling her. She got her mama. That, that's a fact. That's a fact. Uh-uh. My mama said. Uh-uh. So um, now that you've you know experienced pregnancy with Zara, you gave birth and um, been the mother. Like you know, you've been experiencing motherhood. What is one thing that you would go back? and tell uh, the newly impregnated Desiree, um, what would you tell her to kind of prepare her for what you've experienced? Long nights and early mornings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, like I said before, like I've always been the one to like, you know, watch everybody's kids, but it was always giving them back. Right. This one, you cannot give back. This one is going to be with you morning and night. You know, I, I am a working mom, but right now I'm taking some time off just so that I can, you know, get through her little milestones, her walking and her teething. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, before pregnant me, just to be, to just be patient. 
mm. and to just you know just to be there I mean it's hard I know that you know people have to work we got to make our money right but if you possibly can take the time off the job ain't going nowhere that's a fact there's a lot more important things you can make money so many ways right right and um okay this is kind of like a a random question that just came to mind because one of the most common things that you know you hear from mothers not just the the mothers I spoke with on the podcast but in general is that like, you know, you kind of don't get any, like, personal time. You kind of have to, like, you know, figure out how to make time for yourself because you are still a human being, although you just brought life into this world, so you still have to care for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are some things um, now that you do, um, now that Zara's older and things like that, that you, like, can kind of create time for yourself and have some mommy time, mommy me Well, time. for me, and, it's, and I can't speak for everybody because I know everybody's situation is different, but, you know, I'm married, so... I, you know, my husband, he, he's such a, a good support system. Just like yesterday, he was like, babe, get up, go get your nails done. I'm like, no, like you have to work tonight. You know, I, I'll take care of everything here. And he's like, go get your nails done. Mm. So I kind of have to be forced into doing these things for myself because I'm just, my mind and my, my days are just wrapped around her mm-hmm. and it doesn't bother me. Not one bit. I never feel like I need a break. Oh, okay. and I know a lot of moms do. No, I don't need a break. Not from my baby. This is, this is my joy. Like she, she is my world. I never feel like, Oh, I need to drop her off at my mom's house because I got to do this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. She will literally be on my hip or in her carrier or in her stroller. She's my, my road dog. Right. Like she's not a, what's the word I'm looking for? She's not a burden, I should say. Mm. But when I do need my hair done or I need my nails done, daddy is always there. And I'm so blessed to have him. Mm. Just, I love him. Oh, I love it. Y'all. I love the support. I love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. Yes. Thank you so much, um, Desiree, for being transparent and sharing your experience when it comes to yes. being a mother and pregnant for sure a lot of knowledge yo <laughs> i feel it's like you know it's something it is something that, that's really all i can say <laughs> it's, a blessing, it's, it's fun we're having a lot of fun we just took her to disney world a couple of months ago oh i've seen that you know, you have everybody telling you that she's too young and all this stuff and i'm all into sensory and my baby, she's going everywhere. She's about to be a travel baby. Look out for Zara's Instagram. Okay. <laughs> Heard you. What was it like? Because I, I thought about that too. Like, you know, when people do like, you know, those big old experiences for like children with them mm-hmm. being so long. So what do you say to those people that be like, you know, she's too young or whatever? Like, how do you? Go for it. Don't, don't worry. I, I don't care about what other people say. This is my kid. This is our family. <laughs> and these it. are the memories that we're creating. She's going to see pictures when she grows up. And it's not going to be the last trip that she takes. Right. So this is going to be her life. So anybody that got something to say about, oh, she's too young to do this. Or you guys are crazy for spending this money. I'm like, what? Whose money? Right. Who, whose pocket <laughs> are we talking about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay, <laughs> let's go into uh, the next segment. Uh, so the uh-huh. next segment is to love a black woman. So that's for you, Desiree. You get to say something that you either love about yourself. You can say something that you love about a particular black woman. So mother, cousin, sister, auntie, daughter. Or you can say something that you love about black women in general. You're on. Okay, well, for sure, black women in general, we are strong. We are fierce. And we're not loved hard enough. And that's that's a for sure thing. But hopefully moving on into the future, we know our worth and we won't let nobody else hold us down or, you know, tell us what we're not worth. 
Facts. We're going to get this money. <laughs> <laughs> and loving ourselves. Right. <laughs> Giving ourselves the love that we deserve, y'all. Yep, that's right. Because we deserve it. Mm-hmm. So before we started recording, you mentioned that you started a uh, mommy blog, the Peachy Mommy blog, which I'm really excited for you. Yes! <laughs> the Peachy Mommy blog! I'm, um, yes, that's my baby right now. Um, it's my outlet to write as a first-time mom. And, you know, it just talks about, like, first-time mommy experiences, buying stuff that we don't need, but we're going to buy it anyway because we don't care. Right. <laughs> we're giving our child the life we want to give them. So where can the people find, like, you know the uh the peachy mommy blog or on online or where can they find you to get information and all that fun stuff uh definitely um instagram it actually my instagram has the the wordpress link in my bio so if you just go at the peachy mommy blog on instagram it'll pop up for you the icon is the actual peach okay <laughs> and um you can you can pretty much follow from there and the and yeah the link is in the bio so you can Perfect. just click on it and it'll take you right to the blog and just to double check the peachy mommy blog, everything is spelled normally. Yes. Okay. One word. Normal. I mean, one, you know, no spaces, no dashes, no, Oh, I'm getting old. No <laughs> underscores. <laughs> All the, the, the bang. <laughs> All right, yo, I'm definitely going to be watching and following and supporting the peachy mommy blog. I'm really oh, excited. Yo, I'm really, really excited. And again, oh, thank you it. so much <laughs> for sharing. Thanks for having me. And it was nice talking to you. Wait to get you back out here. Word, word. It was nice catching up. Uh, she's out in Cali, y'all. <laughs> Again, though, uh, Desiree, thank you so much for being transparent and sharing your experience on uh, the podcast. And um, you are appreciated. You're welcome. And thank you. As we heard, pregnancy is no joke. It may not be as fun as we think it is, but it seems to be worth it. So special thank you and shout out to all the mothers who shared their experiences with me today. So please be sure to like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, spread the word on avocado and honey, and go ahead and just share this um, this episode with a soon-to-be mother or a new mother. Um, thank you again for tuning in. As always, you are appreciated.